A special investigative committee gets underway to probe House Speaker Michael Madigan's role in a bribery scheme involving Commonwealth Edison. And an outcry erupts over the awarding of marijuana business licenses to social equity applicants. We'll talk about that and more on this week's edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. Michael Madigan has been a political powerhouse in Illinois for decades, serving as Speaker of the Illinois House for all but two years since 1983. Commonwealth Edison is the state's largest electric utility, which pulled in profits of $1.3 billion last year alone. Now the two are entangled in a political controversy that could threaten Madigan's hold on power. In July, ComEd officials admitted in court documents that over a period of years, they handed out jobs and contracts to close associates of Madigan's in an effort to curry his favor for legislation that would benefit the company. Madigan has not been charged, and he has strongly denied any wrongdoing, but Republicans in the Illinois House have their doubts, and they have invoked a rule to call a special investigative committee to begin proceedings that could ultimately lead to disciplinary action up to and including Madigan's expulsion from the House. On Thursday of this week, that committee got underway, with Democratic Representative Emanuel Chris Welch serving as chairman. This is a political process, not a legal proceeding. We are not a court of law. As such, this committee is not bound by traditional rules of evidence. However, we are bound to adhere to the rules of decorum. House Republican leader Jim Durkin, who helped initiate the investigative process, introduced the charge that he and other Republicans want the committee to consider. Representative Madigan engaged in conduct which is unbecoming to a legislator or which constitutes a breach of public trust as detailed in the admissions by Commonwealth Edison and the deferred prosecution agreement, including engaging in a bribery scheme, an extortion scheme, conspiracy to violate federal and state laws amongst other misconduct and misuse of the office. All of this is taking place, by the way, against the backdrop of an ongoing federal investigation. It isn't known for certain that Madigan is a target of that investigation, although his office has been subpoenaed for documents and records of interactions with ComEd officials. So out of what you might call an abundance of caution, Welch announced that the committee would not move forward without first consulting the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Illinois, John Lausch. Before we take any substantive action, we must consult with the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District. This committee must avoid taking any action that can be an interference with an ongoing federal investigation or investigations. So at this time, I would like to suggest the committee contact Mr. Lausch in order to ask his guidance on whether any independent investigation undertaken by this committee would be considered an interference with the federal investigation. Republicans on the panel said they don't intend to just sit still waiting for federal prosecutors to give them permission to move forward. Here's Representative Deanne Mazaki jousting with Welch. 
sorry, Mr. Chairman, to ensure that this committee can proceed expeditiously while you and Spokesman Demmer reach out to the U.S. Attorney's Office. On behalf of committee members Demmer, Worley, and myself, we have prepared letters seeking the voluntary production of various documents and the voluntary appearance of various witnesses before the committee, separate and apart from the U.S. Attorney. We would like to have those copies of those letters entered into the record as exhibits five and six. Just for the record, we have voted unanimously as a committee to reach out to the U.S. Attorney uh, before proceeding any further. Uh, we will enter those letters into the record as Exhibit 5 and 6. Uh, however, uh, that will be the only actions that we take here today. Well, Mr. Uh, Chairman, uh, respectfully, that's why I asked for the clarification on the motion. And the clarification on the motion that you made was simply that you were going to reach out to the U.S. Attorney, not that you were going to have these proceedings come to a halt while that outreach was pending. So because the motion itself was limited to simply reaching out to the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, that's why I think it is appropriate for us to also continue to seek additional uh, discovery because we do want to proceed uh, at a decent pace. The witnesses Republicans want to call include Madigan and several former lobbyists and executives at ComEd, including many who were named in the subpoena served on Madigan's office. At a news conference after the meeting, Welch said he was surprised by the early move to start calling witnesses and seeking documents and suggested Republicans were engaged in political posturing. Let me say this. I have been very open and transparent. I've reached out to Leader Dimmer. Uh, he's reached out to me. I've been very open about what we were intending to do here today. Uh, that was a surprise, uh, what they did here today. Uh, but the names aren't new. Uh, the names are out there. Uh, and, and so in that regard, uh, I'm not surprised by the names on the list because it's out there. It's been out there since mid-July when the uh, deferred prosecution agreement was announced. However, Representative Dimmer and I had spoken several times, and we agreed on a course of action at least for today. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, what they did at the end was, was about posturing. It's really insulting, actually. And, you know, if the, the reason why this is... Um, you know, becoming a quote-unquote political issue is because the Democrats chose their, you know, cho chose speakers. I mean, the, the, this committee is made up of people who are loyalists to Madigan on the Democrat side. We know that. We understand that. But you know what? But they have to be accountable to their members, too. And many of their members have said, we don't like this behavior by the speaker. And if true, he should resign. And that's where the matter stood as of the end of the week. The committee adjourned without setting a date for its next meeting, but Welch said he intends to move expeditiously as soon as he hears back from the U.S. Attorney's Office. If the committee ultimately finds that a charge is warranted, that would be referred to another special disciplinary committee, which would conduct what amounts to a trial. Its recommendations would then be forwarded to the full House of Representatives. And with that, let's bring in Jerry Nowicki, the State House Bureau Chief for Capitol News Illinois, and my colleague Ray Troncoso. Uh, Jerry, I want to throw this to you. Uh, what do you think we're looking at here? Is this like a real earthquake, a political earthquake in Illinois, or is it just kind of a minor tremor? Yeah, I think uh, the earthquake was that Madigan was named as public official A. Um, this is... Uh, three Republicans that wanted to uh, launch an investigation of the speaker. Uh, I think it's good that that will be 
trying to learn a little bit more about these facts, um, trying to learn the facts, trying to hear more about this. Um, the investigation itself isn't going to unseat the speaker. Uh, you know, you say he he immediately issued that news release when it happened saying he'd recuse himself. Uh, but these are all Madigan loyalists, the three Democrats on the committee. So they're not going to vote to charge him unless uh, we see a charge or something from the federal government. Um, even then, you might not see the Democrats move too quickly to, to take action against the speaker. But the big thing here that's going to uh, change uh, the power structure in Illinois is if the feds continue to find more information against, against the speaker and it comes out uh, in further whatever reporting. Well, and that raises an interesting question because uh, the federal government has subpoenaed Madigan's office for information about their contacts and dealings with uh, a lot of Commonwealth Edison lobbyists, uh, with a former CEO. Um, in the event that one of them starts cooperating with the feds uh, in order to protect themselves and they start giving information to Madigan, uh, could they, do you think it's possible they might provide the same information to this investigative committee? I doubt that um, before it goes to the feds, I, I, I'd highly doubt they would say that uh, in the investigative committee because if they cooperate with the feds, their information is in exchange for shorter sentences or immunity or whatever, uh, and they're not going to give it away freely uh, to a committee. and give up any whatever you would call it I guess uh, bargaining power you know, for, oh. for that okay good enough point um, meanwhile that's not the only news that's been going on at Capitol uh, Ray want to bring you in here there was kind of a flare-up when uh, late last week I guess uh, they announced who the finalists were for like 71 uh, marijuana licenses from social equity applicants. Uh, first of all, can you explain what a social equity applicant is? Yes, yeah, sure. So um, the administration is giving out 75 uh, dispensary licenses in this first round. And the idea behind the original legislation, legislation that made uh, adult use cannabis legal was that the people who were be profiting off this enterprise would be people who had been impacted by the war on drugs or disinvestment in communities. Um, primarily, they wanted, in Pritzker's words, more black owned and Latino owned businesses in Illinois. So there were so, there were 75 yeah. licenses up for grabs here. How many applications did they get? They got over 6,500 uh, applications of, from around 700 applicants but in the end in this first round just 21 applicants were selected who collectively i believe submitted over 400 uh applications um it's a very narrow pool a lot of those applicants that ended up becoming finalists for this upcoming lottery to give out those 75 licenses are multi-state operators or businesses that already own medical dispensaries that are already well established as opposed to, I guess, what, what some people intended to be small business owners, citizens who, of some means, who wanted to get in on the marijuana market. Okay, and so where do things stand now? Because I, I know that the Legislative Black Caucus and the Legislative Hispanic Caucus 
uh, were really pretty upset at the outcome of that process. Uh, what are they saying? They said it's not equitable. Um, just 21 people basically having, or 21 companies having essentially a monopoly on these first 75 licenses to go out. They don't agree with that. They think it should have been spread out a little bit more. Um, each company can get up to 10 licenses in the state of Illinois, according to the legislation. But if you're getting established now and this process already took five months, it kind of gives you a leg up on any competition that gets licenses later down the line. So I guess they were calling for putting this whole process on pause. Uh, is that right? They're going to go back and take a look at it. Governor Pritzker has been asked about that. What's the governor saying? So the governor and his uh, senior marijuana advisors have basically said they're not going to pause it. Um, these licenses are going to be awarded via lottery uh, towards the end of the month, and there's nothing that can stop that. But they said going forward, you know, there's over 300 more licenses to be given out as part of this legislation and they said it's possible and likely that there will be changes to the process of how these are given out going forward to make it more equitable. But for these 75 licenses, they've indicated that they're they're not gonna stop them from being delivered. Though there is currently a lawsuit to do just that by two of the rejected applicants. Okay, well, we'll be watching uh, how that develops over the next several weeks, I imagine. Uh, and that will have to do it for this week's edition of Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying thank you for listening.